Welcome to the Written to Speak podcast. It's me, Tanner, and this is our very first episode. Before we get to my conversation with Gabe Casper, I did want to say thank you. Thank you for subscribing and for listening to this show. I'm recording this intro just a few days after Thanksgiving, and I know that I have so much to be grateful for. It's been close to six years since Written to Speak started, and honestly... I never thought that I'd still be doing this. I never thought that I would ever call myself a poet or a writer, and I guess now a podcaster. But I'm doing all this because of your support, because you've continued to walk alongside me and encourage me along the way. So so thank you. Thank you for for reading the things that I post and, and for listening to the words that I put out. I am forever grateful. I'm forever grateful for your your support. And it's because of you that I get to do shows like this. Um, if you're looking for more ways to support Written to Speak or to support, to support this show, you can just go to writtentospeak.com. And if you're interested, you can pick up some stickers or some handwritten poems or even some posters as well. Uh, and if you don't, that's totally okay. <laughs> Actually, I was so I was in Iowa a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I had finished sharing some poems with some friends, and I had a, a merch table out, and so I had some posters and some stickers, and I also had some physical uh, CD albums, and, and one of the students came up, and, and she was looking at the album, and was like, oh, cool, yeah, I think I'm going to get this. And, and before she bought it, I was like, hey, do you have, do you have Spotify? She's like, yeah, I got Spotify. I was like, well, don't buy the CD. Just go listen to it for free. And she told me that I was a terrible, terrible businessman. And and she's right. Uh, I, I am a very bad businessman. But if you'd like to support Written to Speak, you can go check out some uh, some stuff that I have on my website. That would be awesome. If not, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out as we go. Okay, and that that's enough of that. We're not going to get into any more of that. Uh, but this is my conversation with uh, my friend and my mentor, Gabe Casper. Gabe has been a friend for about 10 years now. He's actually one of the reasons why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. He's one of the reasons why my wife and I are now down in Austin, Texas. Uh, uh, Gabe lived down here by the time that we moved down, but since then he's moved uh, to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where he serves as a pastor at a church up in Ann Arbor. Uh, And we jump into all of that. Uh, I also make a really bad joke a couple of times about how Gabe is my power forward. Uh, And because uh, Gabe actually wrote the foreword to my upcoming book, I'm all over the place, a, po- uh, a book of poems, prayers, and wonderings. And so that's why I make the bad joke, calling him my power forward. Uh, but there's a bunch of other bad jokes that are, that are involved in our conversation as well. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you uh, for being here. I am forever grateful. And with that, here is my conversation with my good friend, Gabe Casper. Gabe, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Always good to be in your presence. Gabe, I asked you to be on the podcast, to be the first guest on the podcast for several reasons. The first reason was you asked me to be the first guest on Pine Glass Preachers. Oh, that was true. Remember that back? That was oh, two years ago? It was 55 episodes ago. ago. Yeah. 55 yeah. Uh, the second reason I asked you to be on the show is I miss talking to you. That's a given. Same. Same. Three. Like me, you you like to talk, and you like to talk about yourself, like I do. Was also it's so true. Made it made it easy. Fourth, I'm one of the godfathers of your youngest, and you yeah. happen to be one of the godfathers of written to speak. Ayo, I like that. I like that. Your child. And the fifth, and the fifth one is yeah, that's my child. And the fifth reason is you're my power forward. You wrote the forward to the book. Yeah, I did. Oh, that was really fun to do. Actually, um, I'm I pretty am so proud happy of that. that. You did it. Yeah, thanks. I man. was. I was really excited about it too. You also name dropped Under Oath and Newfound Glory in that as well. I, I did. Actually, by the way, true story. In my sermon a few days ago, I also referenced Under Oath. So I listened to it. Oh, I you did? That's it. right. That's right. I, listened, I, felt, I felt like I knew all the stories and the, and the things that you were talking about. I'll say there's actually yeah, there's one in particular you would know as well. Yeah. Um. I, knew that, yeah <laughs> I knew that one very, I knew that one very, very well. Maybe, uh, maybe too well. Too well. Um, too well. Uh, but Gabe, for the people who, who are listening who don't know you, uh, and I'm, I'm sure they do, uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself, my friend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Gabe Casper, I'm a, a pastor 
at uh, University Lutheran Chapel in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So uh, it's a, a church that's right on campus at the University of Michigan. And uh, I've been here about um, a little over a year and a half. I spent my first five years uh, working down in Austin, Texas and uh, helping start churches. Uh, I'm probably at least part of the reason you ended up in Austin, I would think. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I flaked out pretty quick after you showed up. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Like, that's like, not that's not why we had you on the <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have you on here to talk about that. Hey, remember that one time you said, hey, you should move to Austin, and then you left? And then okay. I left right when you moved there. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I'm married to a, a wonderful woman named Melissa, and uh, we have three uh, three pretty great kids. So that's uh, that's me, man. That's awesome. Oh, but you haven't even told people, like, I mean, you, you love – the punk rock scene still oh, yeah do you want me to go into those things okay i, yeah, I want I you mean, to tell people like i mean that's like the generic welcome to the stage that's Gabe true Casper. yeah these are the, right. the i want like i want like hey we're sitting down talking okay okay i want to know more about uh pint glass preachers yeah um, so then i do uh i also run a podcast called pint glass preachers and kind of the uh the impetus behind that is um you know i i have this kind of deep drive in inside of me to uh, to connect theology with uh, contemporary culture, I guess I would say, and and so I, I've just have always wrestled to find a medium to do that. I try to do that in my preaching. I do that in some of the things I write. But one of the nice things uh, was starting this podcast where I, I talk with two of my buddies, uh, Tom and Josh. Uh, Josh is a pastor. Tom uh, works for a nonprofit, and the idea is that it's the three of us sitting around a pub table, drinking beer, talking about the issues of the day, uh, but just kind of from our lens as uh, as Christian dudes and, and just kind of trying to connect the dots of culture and our faith and, and wrestling with those uh, for all the world to hear. And so, uh, so love doing that. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, if maybe I would also just frame it this way. One of the, the things perhaps that's unique about me is that I, in terms of being a pastor, I, I've, I've just, I never really wanted to do it. I, I just sort of ended up. I do love it, but uh, you know, my goal in life was was to be a rock star. I, I love uh, punk rock. I love music, um, and my heart was in that. I thought I'd be doing something along those lines, uh, and uh, have that didn't happen. Uh, and it was really I had a person in my life speak to me and just be like, "Yo, you should just pray about becoming a pastor." And kind of next thing I did, here I am. But it's worked out pretty well. I mean, and this is maybe stuff we'll keep talking through in which I've kind of learned that if I don't try and force myself to fit a certain mold, I'm learning kind of each day what it looks like to to be a pastor as Gabe Casper, as this guy who who loves punk rock, who's obsessed with with soccer, uh, with the, the U.S. men's national team in particular. I just listened to like three podcasts on the U-20 CONCACAF qualifying. Uh, so if you want to talk about that, I can let you know the depth chart for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just listened to all those podcasts. Too. Yeah. Good. Um, I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, but but to just like be who I am and, and love the things I love and uh, and use that uh, with the people I connect with and talk with has been uh, been cool to to see and learn and discover over the years. And isn't that a weird thing is like, how do I, well, the age old question, right? Is like, how do I be me? Mm-hmm. Right. How, like, I mean, how do I be me in, in this role that I've seen be done? Like, I mean, your dad's a pastor. You grew right. up around a bunch of other pastors and you're like, I'm going to be that, but I'm, I can't be that. Right. Right. It's just a, a, a difficult thing. Cause it's like, I don't want to, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like you were talking, like you just kind of came to a point where it's like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. So there's that, like, it starts with okay i'm surrendering to this because i'm no longer gonna be punk rock but i will be but i won't be in the way that i am so how do i how do i become that and be that while being while still being me right and i think that's what you do a great job of being as pastor i think that's why i'm drawn to you and so many other people are drawn to you it's because you care so much but you don't care at all thanks man which is which is which is punk rock like what is yeah that's that's giving, giving the finger but it's also like giving the thumbs up Right. It's, it's just, it's a simultaneous, I wanted to do the visual for it, but there's not right, a yeah. podcast, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good image for it. Well, and the way I, I've framed it over the years and kind of dudes that I mentor and, and stuff that are going into ministry, as I say, like, uh, take the gospel seriously. Don't take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I take the, the work I'm about pretty seriously, but to like learn to live, give myself grace and be who I am and not take myself that seriously in the work that I do. 
I think that's I think that's that's great advice, and it's really important too. Uh, so you're you've been a pastor for what six years, seven years now? Six will be seven in April. Yeah. Do you see yourself doing this forever? That's a great question. Um, maybe I'm not. Maybe you're not allowed to yeah, answer. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. <laughs> you might listen. Uh, well, actually, I think I can answer that. Uh, I'm I'm honestly right now. I'm in the midst of figuring that out. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So anyone at ULC listening to this, don't freak out. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, But it's, you know, I'm at this point where I'm 30 and I'm like, am I really going to do this for 30 more years? Um, Mm -hmm. I'm 32. Am I I really going to do this for 30 more years? (laughs) And, uh, and, and I don't know. Uh, I, I have a, a, a pretty deep drive in me for for academia in that world and um I, I love to read i love reading philosophy and and growing in that stuff and and so i've kind of always had this like inner nerd that that wants to be a professor um and so and that's been part of the reason i moved to ann arbor which is this sort of academic hub here in the midwest and and i get to to speak with folks at that level and and that sort of thing but would I move out of the ministry and and maybe do more of a classroom setting is kind of the other thing that I've been wrestling with lately. Uh, and, or would I, would I not pastor, but maybe run some sort of organization or nonprofit as a pastor? That's another thing that that's crossed my mind. Cause it's, and, and I'll just tell you, cause what it is, is like, it's, I know every job is hard and people just wrestle with what they should do and not. Um, but I'm just, there's a sort of a, uh, relational exhaustion that sets in where because i'm a pastor it's like it's really hard to have actual actual friends uh Mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to to just be me and like i don't know say the f word if i want to like it's it's just friendship yeah Mm -hmm. right friendship that one um and so (laughs) it's like (laughs) and and so constantly living with that sort of veil and people say well well don't and it's like yeah, that's cool in theory. It's really hard in reality. Um, yeah, and yeah. so you that's can tell of, the people at your church, like, hey, I'm thinking about leaving because this is right, something that's right. different. They're like, wait, 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 what? What? Why? It's like, well, this is I'm a human being and I go through things and I ask questions. Right. right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but it's like, but you were going to bury grandma, you know? It's like, well, I'm yeah. sorry, someone else is going to have to, you know? Like, yeah. Um. So so it is that like, and and there is um, and it's a lot of you know, and people can talk all they want about not living into other people's expectations, but there's just an inherent way that that happens. And then at least for me, as I do that as a pastor at a church, it's, you know, it's 300 people's expectations. And, and it's like, man, I'm just tired of that. And, and so, and there's a way in which you can work smarter about that and and let those things go. And, and I constantly am trying to do that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm finding at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I'm just tired of like, having to have this sort of veil between me and most of humanity. Cause it's not even just people in my church. It's like, you know, I go to a CrossFit and uh, yeah. I, uh, people in my gym, they all know I'm a pastor now. And so it's instantly like the walls come down in the weirdest ways possible or yeah. they go up and it's like, I'm going to talk to anyone else. Yeah. And so sometimes I have these fantasies of like, to just be a dude would be, be pretty cool. Yeah. To just like just be, I just want to be a guy sometimes. And I mean, I mean, I just want to be a guy. Uh, And I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. But when I tell people that I work at a church, there's this, there's this thing that this wall that goes up, either goes up or it comes down really hard. And they're like, yeah, I, I, you know, I go to church too. I, I, I'm a church. I go to church. Like, okay, I get. I wasn't asking. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I care, but at the same time, like, I'm like, I, I'm really just ordering queso. Like, (laughs) I don't. I can't just (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Oh I, man, I, I miss queso. Well, queso misses you. Uh, I'll have to bring. I'll bring some up there. Oh, please Actually, do. I wouldn't. Can you imagine how bad queso would travel? Yeah, I think it would travel horribly. Because not only would it like probably slop all over the place, but then by yeah. the time it gets up here, it's going to be chunky and reheating it. It's it's not going to be good. No, and like, what are you tra- traveling with, sir? Somebody's yeah. bomb. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't, it's mine. It's mine. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I want to. I want to take us back a little bit. Uh, I want to. I want to ask you. I want you to tell the story. How do How do we meet, dude? When we met, I love this story. Um, so, uh, my my wife, uh, who was at the time my fiance, uh, was the program director at a camp in northern Wisconsin, and uh, she hired 
a, uh, a young man from Florida named Tanner Olson. And I had never met him, uh, but we we had some email exchanges before the summer as an entire staff, just kind of introductory stuff for people to get to know each other. And I was planning on working at that camp this summer and Tanner was going to as well. And every time Tanner answered an email, it was like something I would have said. And so, uh, except like when I was five years younger. Uh, yeah. And so, so I like, I, I called my fiance and wife now and I was like, dude, who's this Tanner kid? I swear he is exactly me. And she's like, I don't know. He just seemed kind of cool. So we hired him. I was like, all right, well, I can't wait to meet him. So we show also, up. I was like one oh, yeah. of the few guys who applied to work at camp. Yeah. Because camps are always like, oh, we had 300 girls apply and 12 men. Right. Well, <laughs> right. I guess we're taking those guys because we need them. Yeah. Seriously. If you're a young man out there looking for work, apply to be a counselor. Like, You'll get hired. You will get hired. Guaranteed. It it doesn't. Yeah. That's how desperate it is. At any rate. Um, and so we show up to staff training and like, I don't know, I hadn't really met you. It was just kind of random introductions, but I like, I have this vivid picture of you were wearing like, it was either like a chasing victory or uh, an under oath shirt or I don't even know who else, uh, who else were you into in those days? Chiodos. 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 Cause I had opened for them at one point, but that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. another life. Um, but uh, <laughs> so you're wearing a shirt and like one of these. And so this is northern Wisconsin. And so these are like flannel wearing, like bow hunting, like if they don't probably, have camo on, they're not dressed to go out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but salt of the earth folks love them. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Tanner and I both don't fit this. Tanner's like skinny jeans and, you know, a post hardcore band T-shirt. And um, and so at any rate, uh, so one of these guys is like, so Tan man, what's uh what's this music you're into? And you're like, Oh, you know, I like, I like hardcore. And he's like, Oh, so like Slipknot. And (laughs) I remember like, I had this visceral reaction. We were like hiking in the woods and I had this like visceral reaction where I just wanted to punch that guy and just be like, you're disgusting. No, that's not Slipknot heart. Give me a break, man. Do you know your classifications of heavy music? Cause I'm just a snob about it. And, and Tanner very graciously was like, uh, no, not really that. Uh, it's, it's just like different than that. And like, I just remember you trying to articulate for this guy, like how how hardcore works and the differences and and whatever else. And that's when I knew that you were going to be the godfather to my third born son. Um, and so, uh, but it was, it was kind of like from that moment. And I, I was in charge of mentoring the staff guys that summer. And and so you and I would meet and and talk and, and I think we just hit it off and, and found we had a lot in common and, uh, kind of are both constantly in a state of existential uh, crisis. And oh, we're always on the edge. Always on the edge. On the edge. But I, I think that was the that was the thing is I met you and I saw a lot of myself in you and I was like, oh, so it's okay for me to be me. Right, yeah. Right? It's that, it's that, it's that uh, C.S. Lewis quote, right? Oh, like you too. Oh, you too, right? yep. Like, it's like, oh, you feel that, that way also? Or you struggle with that? Or you think those things too? Or you like that kind of music? Like that was really huge for me because yep. when I was up there, it was just like, it was... I liked that music and it was, it was you. And I was like, okay, at least somebody else is kind of like me. Cause everyone so, else was like, we, go, we hunt, we wear camouflage. And I'm like, I hunt for bargains and I will. <laughs> right, right. I hunt for bargains <laughs> and wear skinny jeans. Uh, yes. But so I was going to, let, let me put, let me put this back on you. Um, so, you know, like that, that idea of, and this has happened to me throughout the years where I've had, I don't know, young men, young women who have, been i don't know attracted to following after jesus uh mm-hmm. because they've said like yeah i didn't know i could do it the way that you do it and mm-hmm. and this and i'm not trying to sound arrogant that's just what's happened and right. I, I wonder though for you as you're kind of um you're you're no spring chicken anymore tanner um, I am an, i'm an adult some would say you're a real adult now um <laughs> and uh and so have you seen that happen for you like where you've had like uh younger men or women who like were maybe just like figuring out their faith and not sure if this was even for them because they looked at what they thought it was supposed to be, but then they saw you and were like, "Oh, I could do it like that." Yeah, you, I, you I, yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's one of the most honoring uh, feelings. It makes yes. it makes me feel like a real human being, or at least that I'm contributing to this world in a better way. Um, almost that I'm going to leave it better than when I found it. Um, but being able to sit down with people and they'd be like, oh, so you do it like that. Is that, are, are we allowed to do that? Like, yeah, right. yeah, we can do that. Or I think the biggest thing that, that, um, that happens is since I, since I write poetry, um, it's one of those things like I write poetry and then I have a lot of people I know who also have started to write it. 
Yeah. And or to share it. Um, and it's it's extremely it's extremely humbling. And it's so it's so exciting because you don't it's not like, oh, they're doing that because I did it. That's how I used to think. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like they think I'm cool, so they're doing it too. But now I'm like, oh, they have found something good and I helped introduce them to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's almost like it's almost like when you get to share the gospel with somebody for the first time or the the second time that, that they just needed to hear it and you were able to right spirit but like you spoke it in a way in which it made sense to them and they were like it was almost as if they took a breath for the first time they're like yeah. oh, oh there's that it's that and so i i love being part of those those moments and since you and i uh, were we're not shy and we're we're able to speak up or at least we've, we've become comfortable enough to be ourselves and not to be completely crippled by our depression and anxiety yep. uh to be able to like like share things and be like hey this is the way that i view the world or this is the way that i want to navigate the world and they're like and they find something about that resonates with them and so they're like oh i can oh i can do that also i can do that too i can yeah. do that also yeah and it's just like they they no longer feel alone and they no longer feel like they're completely lost now they still feel yeah. lost and alone but they don't feel completely lost and alone and i think that's kind of what you what you did so for me you kind of invited me into this new world of really of living yeah. um I tell people that like, you know, the living in was moving to Wisconsin was the hardest thing I ever did. But if but I would not be me if it wasn't for the people that I met in Wisconsin. If you hadn't done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's just like one of the things when, when I talk to people now, and they're like, hey, should I go do this? And I'm like, what do you like? Yeah, because you're, you might you might meet a Gabe or you might meet somebody who's going to speak something beautiful into your life. And that was how that was you. And that was uh, Tom as well. Yeah. Um, like you were my two, like after I left that summer, I was like, oh, I can be a human being. Yeah. 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 Okay, I think, I think I can do this. It was like, it was almost like a, a reintroduction to life. Um, yeah. That's which cool. is what I needed for sure. Yeah. No, I, I still treasure that, uh, very close. And it's to the facts, to the point of sometimes people are like, Hey, uh, do you know this guy named Gabe Casper? And I was like, do you know Gabe Casper? Cause I know, I know him. <laughs> no, his, do you know his third, do you know his third child? Yeah. That's my godson. Okay. Thanks. Do you know his godfather? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think about that often. Um, do you, just that time up in Wisconsin. Do you think just yeah. so it doesn't perhaps sound like we're, uh, inflating our own egos. I, the, the other side of that, right. Is I, I also wrestle with when I fail in that, or, or at least when I perceive that I fail in that, um, you know, so like we joke around about me moving away as soon as you move to, to Austin, um, <laughs> But I, I mean, I do actually feel bad about that. I mean, I, I, not that bad. Don't worry. We don't need to have a big soppy thing right yeah. now. But, 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 but it's like, still, is it one of those things that you like wake up thinking about being like, ah, damn. Yeah, right, right. It is. It's, it's like that sort of thing. Um, not exactly that one, for instance, but, there, but there's other people who I know I've let down, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah. And that's, uh, and it's hard because it, it, it's on the one hand, you know, to give yourself grace and to understand that you're not perfect and you're not anyone's savior and et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time to recognize like, man, I've been kind of uniquely placed in some people's lives and been uniquely meant to fit certain roles. And I'm maybe not doing it as well as I, I could or should. And, um, and I don't know, I just, I just wrestle with that. I no, I I'm with you too. I'll wake up now. I won't, I won't say most mornings, but most mornings and just be like, I really, I really messed that up. Mm-hmm. Or I, I broke that relationship or I should have said that, or I should have done this. And, and, and sometimes I wonder, do they even see it that way right. or if they just see it as we, we, we parted? Cause you and I have talked a lot and we're both feelers. Uh, if we're, uh, like Enneagram stuff, you and I are somewhere between two and four, which means we just feel everything and we feel everything for everyone. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a lot of, I think people would be, I don't know, maybe not shocked by that, but they'd be like, Oh really? Like you feel things? Cause we <laughs> make a lot of jokes. Uh, well, but that's, that's because we feel so that's much. how we deal with it too. Right. Is it's like. Oh yeah, because I I feel so much. I have to sort of uh, relativize it or, or alleviate um, some of that. Like I don't know, weight of constantly feeling uh, as a as an HSP, a highly sensitive person. And so the way I do that is like I'll either joke about it or I'll do my sort of like arrogant shtick. I don't know. You do that yeah. one too, right? I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. You do it less, man. You do it less. I think you do it more when you're younger, but I, I do it more now where I'm like, well, obviously, as the greatest pastor in the world, I can, you know, and so like, if I yeah, do that, yeah, 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 yeah. then I don't have to take myself too seriously and, and it helps. Yeah. 
It's just, it's like pulling, it's like pulling levers, right? And so I do that same way. Like when I feel a lot, I usually, that's usually when I find myself listening to hardcore music. Yep. Yep. Because there's something about that. It's almost as if it's the sponge and they're soaking me up. Yep. You know, cause I, like I need to do that or I make some sort of uh, inappropriate joke that I probably shouldn't make, but I'm still pretty proud of it. It happened. Right. Well, and it's, uh, and it's interesting. I know you mentioned hardcore cause I, I do the similar thing. And people are always like, man, like, how can you listen to that? Like, they're just yelling. I don't understand what they're saying. Da, 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 da. And I always say, like, to me, the beauty of hardcore is that what it does is, is it, it strips away the BS and just mm-hmm. leaves the raw emotion. Now, 99% yeah. of the time, the emotion is anger and, and that's fine. Um, but that's, but that's what it is, is it's just like, what would it look like for an emotion to create art? And it's yeah. like, that's what it does. Oh, exactly what it does. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and I've even uh, I've I've tried to read like studies and scientific things about why you should listen to hardcore music. Yeah, because it actually like brings you peace. And people are like, "That's not true." And it's like, well, it is for me. It, yep. Um, yep. I don't know. I, and like, it's one of those things that like when somebody else tells me that they listen to that kind of music, there's like 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 we went back to it's like okay we have something in common that I can build off of because it's pretty, it's been a pretty foundational thing for me. Cause I got into it when I was in like early on in high school. Yep. Um, I haven't kept up with it too well because you know, do you know I, why I still listen to it I'm because I'm, because music from 2004 is still the best music. Well, one that, and two, I think, and then I think two other things is I also read this study that said like after age 25, you kind of just stop picking up new music. That's true. And then three, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to throw Sarah under the bus, but it's probably because you're married. Like, yeah, my my like musical taste has gotten way wussier after I got married. It was like, oh, I do like Noah Gunderson. This is oh. this is great. Well, good, yeah. He is good. I mean, yeah. we just I just sit in a corner with the lights off and weep while his stuff is on. It's just oh, it's. Did great. I ever tell you that? Did I ever tell that story? I went to see him. So when I was living in St. Louis uh, by myself, I went and saw him play like an underground show. And this is only when he had like EPs out. Yeah. And so I went by myself and it was just him and his sister playing violin. And this is before he got all kind of, I don't want to say got weird, but got a little darker. Yeah. Um, and it was just like this under in a, in a pizza place. And it was that's awesome. the, aside from the, the sermons I've heard you give, it was the most inspirational thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it was like, it was... <laughs> It was the most beautiful show, and like I, it would there was like thirty people down there, and it was packed. That's but the way awesome. that he played and the way that he commanded the room, it was the most incredible thing ever. Uh, okay, we're not here to talk about this. Uh, I want to okay, ask okay. you a couple of questions uh, that I sent you, and I was like, "Hey, we're going to talk about these things." Yeah. Um, and I, I think I sent you like seven questions, and I might ask you two. Um, but I want to I want to ask this question, uh, and it's not even on there actually. But I, I want to know. Uh, and I've been asking this question to a couple of people. What does it What does it look like for you to just to spend time with God, dude? So, I uh, I literally just finished uh, my staff reviews for my staff, and uh, part of the section for them is I, I just do a check in on where they're at spiritually and what that looks like. So I've been talking about this a lot lately because this is kind of how I encourage folks to do it and how I've kind of recently found this. So here's the deal: um, is I'm going to give a really long answer. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just you and I talking and people might listen to it. So Okay, great, great. So, so basically, uh, I frame it this way. I used to try and like force my sort of spiritual disciplines into a certain box and be like, okay, uh, I'm going to read through this book of the Bible and do it this way. And then I'll switch and I'll do this one. And then I'll pray this way. And then I'll write down these verses and I'll try and memorize them. And I'll do some observation and some application. I'll do all this. And like... I didn't like it. And so I'd have to like force myself to do these devotions, you know, which, and of course, discipline, spiritual discipline does take intention and that sort of thing. But it was like overcoming the hurdle of doing something I didn't even like. So it was like spending time with God was not even something I enjoyed, which is a problem. Did you feel and, guilty about that? Um, yeah, I did. I ish. Yeah. I, it was like a, I, I didn't, I felt guilty because I wasn't consistent in it. And I just thought like, well, if I keep doing it, I'll eventually like it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I felt guilty that I wasn't dropped, like that I wasn't getting it done. Um, I'm yeah. kind of an accomplishment minded individual. And it was just like, well, if I don't accomplish this task, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I, I, I heard a guy explain it uh, just so well, Larry Osborne, uh, mm-hmm. just 
guy's a sage. And at any rate, he said, he's like, all right, so if we think about God, like, he's like, I think about it like a family. And he's like, growing up in my family, um, there's house rules, right? There's just like the way you live and, and the way you move, like everyone who lives in the house, all the kids who live in the house, you have to follow the house rules. And so, you know, for us as Christians, we'd say like, yeah, like it's, it's through Jesus that we uh, know God. It's, it's everyone follows these house rules that, it, that it's through him. So I'm not saying that like everyone has their own path to God. I'm not saying that there's house rules, mm-hmm. but within the house, how I relate to my father is different than how my brother relates to my father. And so, so we all follow the same house rules, but my brother may relate to my father by talking about, you know, the Packers and woodworking and something else. And I'm going to relate to my, my father through, you know, joking around and talking theology and politics. Right. And so how we relate. And so I don't need to try and relate to my dad the way my brother relates to my dad. I need to relate to my dad the way that I relate to my dad. And so in the same way, if, if I put that in the spiritual framework, it's, I need to relate to God the way that I relate to God. And, and so for me, the, the number one way I connect with God is, is really through academia, is through reading, is through study of like dense theology, dense philosophy. That as I kind of dig into stuff, like it literally just like moves in me. And I've had moments where I'm like reading a paragraph that someone may be like, that is the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. And I'll just like start weeping. And like, it's just this, <laughs> this sort of surreal spiritual connection that, that I get through doing that. And so, um, so that's my, my main way. And I try to carve that out like a half hour a day to do some mm-hmm. sort of in-depth thing. Uh, so that's one. But then the other thing is, is there are the tried and true spiritual disciplines of reading scripture and praying. And I mean, we're pretty good to do those things. So for me, mm-hmm. I then try to work those in three times a week, but I still do those the way that work for me. And so I've done this thing now where... Um, it may sound silly to folks, but I, I just write out every prayer request that's on my heart and my head. I write the whole thing out. And then I set my timer on my phone for 15 minutes and I just like pray for 15 minutes. I don't think about anything else. I don't do anything else. I don't let anything else bother me. I do that. And then I read through three Psalms and I'll reread them and I'll underline it. And it's kind of that uh, read mark and inwardly digest type thing where I just, I don't try to rush it and I just let them kind of work at me. And, and I found Owning that I connect with God academically and then doing a more, um, I don't know, just authentic to who I am way of, of traditional spiritual disciplines has been really fruitful for, for my walk with God. I think that's one of the things that I'm learning is that you can connect with God in more than just the, I, I guess, listianity, where it's like mm-hmm. just by praying, just by, you know, saying it's like doing all these things that we just do to do them. Um, and even though they're good things, but right. it's like, I don't want to just pray to pray or read the Bible to read the Bible or go to church, to go to church. But it's like, there's purpose behind all of those things. And then, like you said, like finding ways to connect with God. For me, I found out that like, if I just go for a walk without like, without any distractions, right? Yeah. And that's, and that's not like, that's not in place of going to church. I, I that's a separate thing, but like, it's yep. like, I'm going to go take time just to do this. Right. And I found that it's helped me uh, with my mental health, with my physical health, and then with like spiritual uh, relationship as well. And there's yeah. just something so freeing about it. And I think one of the, I wanted to ask it because I know that there's a lot of people who are like, well, like I, I've been doing these same things and I just like, what am, am I doing? It's like, no, you can, you can walk with God the yep. way that you walk with God. Like, and that's, and that's Okay. And I think you brought up an important distinction there in that, like, this isn't right. So it's like walking with God, the way you walk with God is not, uh, to use my illustration from before is not in place of the house rules. And so, so for example, I would say like being a part of a church and part of the body of Christ is, is, is part of the house rules. Like Jesus started Mm -hmm. the church. So it's like, you may not like it. I don't know. Tough. Like I, it's, uh, so like it's part of, I mean, now if you've been hurt by it, there's all sorts of healing that can go through. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, but my point being like, that is just part of it. Being part of community, praying, studying God's word is part of the house rules, but how exactly you approach those and how you live into those. That's where that's like, I think unique to who God's created you and relating to the father in the way that you do and not trying to force yourself to relate to the father the way someone else does. Oh, that's good. Put that in a book, man. Uh, dude, you know, I'm, one day, I, I always appreciate your encouragements, but I always feel like I'm letting you down that I'm not even anywhere closer on it. Yeah, I think I'll text you like once a month out of like uh-huh. nowhere and be like, how's your book? No, and you're seriously, like, <laughs> all the time, I'm like, I'll be like taking a dump and it's like, how's your book? I'm, like, oh, I'm not, not thinking good. about it. 
Yeah. Um, well, I keep asking that because I think it's, uh, I, I know I want it. And I know that the Thanks. world would appreciate it too. <laughs> um, and we've talked about a couple of different, your book it is. I don't think we should talk about it now. I don't want anybody to steal them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't uh, But they are good. Well, they are good. Well, I want to ask you this. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you want to, what do you want to leave behind? Mm-hmm. Like when I die, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the only way you leave things behind ultimately. Right. right. Um, so what's coming to my head when you ask that is, uh, did you listen to sleeping giants, new album? Uh, not the new, um, no, not Reach the new core lives. Okay. Well, their, their opening song, they say, uh, we leave behind a legacy of grace. And, and I like that um, in that I think I would want that to be true of me in that, um, that hopefully as, as God continues to sanctify me that, uh, and I don't believe in progressive sanctification for any of you nerds out there. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but as he continues to chisel away at me uh, that, that as I die, people would be like, Dude, that was a guy who embodied God's grace in my life. And that was a person who I knew when I was with, I wasn't uh, going to be judged. I wasn't going to be critiqued for, for nothing. It was, it was a guy who I could be who I was in the presence of and feel loved and accepted by. Um, so I, I think it's that. And, and then I suppose what's more with that is um, a, like, how do I put it? Like, I want that for, as a family man now, like, I want my kids to experience that too. I'm just realizing more and more that probably the biggest impact I have in this world will not be in my profession, though the, though the nature of my profession um, drives me towards saying, well, have an impact, have a platform, reach these people, do X, Y, and Z. And, and that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know. I'm just, as I'm looking at the lives of other pastors and other pastors, kids, um, that really probably my biggest thing will live on in my kids. And so to, to live that legacy of grace for them and to, uh, for them to know that they had a dad who cared for them and loved them and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think that's it. I mean, I have some sort of like professional legacies I'd like to leave behind too, yeah. but I, I think in my deepest sense, that's really probably what I want. What, what would it have been 10 years ago? Would it probably, would it have just been all the things that you just did not mention? Like your professional things? It it may have been. Um, although, see, even then, like 10 years ago, um, my professional vision of my life is different than probably the one I'm living into and the one I have now. So it would have been more of a, um, honestly, it would have been a more so- social justice oriented thing where I think okay. I would have 10 years ago would have been like, you know, I want to be the guy that I don't know, alleviated poverty in Minneapolis, mm. um, something like that. And, and of course, I still have a heart for those issues. Cause that's just part of living in the kingdom. Um, but, uh, I just realized how, uh, how woefully ill-equipped I am at solving things like that. <laughs> and, and so, so it's just like, Oh, there's people that actually think through this at a much deeper level than I'm even capable of. Uh, but that, so 10 years ago, it would have been yes, professional, but more of a, of a different type. Whereas now I'd say professionally, I don't know, my heart is really in this sort of helping people manage our cultural moment. Cause it's, mm-hmm. I, I think, pretty bonkers and we're in this time of tremendous change and it it, in many ways i think feels like the christian narrative is failing to make sense of it and i i think it it does i think the christian narrative does but i think we feel that it doesn't and so to to help people articulate their faith in a world that is so just chaotic right now uh Mm -hmm. that for me is really professionally where i see my role Mm. and that's a hard role to kind of live into especially as we've talked about like where you you where you started from and now to where you are are you often amazed at how god has just like transformed your life you know that's a good question um i'm the honest answer is i'm probably not um i I probably should be but i i think about it like you know you know, I've been to enough conferences and, and youth conferences where there's always like that speaker who's like up front and like and I was strung out on crack and in the bottom of a ditch and just wanted to know. And it's like, yeah. and then Jesus spoke to me and I, everything changed. And you're like, yo, that's awesome. I want that. And for me, it's like, I don't know. I was like 
baptized when I was four weeks old and grew up in Lutheran schools. And I've kind of just been brainwashed into this stuff. I don't know. Uh, you know, and, and so <laughs> I had so, a long jerk phase where I was just like, like the worst person. And now yeah, look at where we're at. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It was like, yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, I was a jerk. And, and I was also in high school and everyone's kind of a jerk then. And so, you know, whatever. Right. And, and, and so, but the, I don't know. One of the ways I often look at it is like, um, what would I be without Jesus though? Like it, it's one of those things where I think God knew that like Gabe Casper's uh, natural inclinations are just going to be so much worse than many other people's that like, I got to start working early and often. And, and yeah. so, so it's, it is that where it's like my, my, my just default is to just fall into like darkness and brokenness of you name it. And it's like, God continues like, no, 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 no. And so, I think in that sense, if I frame it that way, where it's like, what, what would I be without him? What would I be without him? Just like regularly throughout my life in different moments, chipping away at the stuff that I'm just naturally going to build up because I'm just, I don't know, not as nice as other people. Uh, like, uh, it's, uh, it, it's in that sense then I am pretty amazed at, at what God can do and what he's done in my life. Uh, I'm learning to just like to, to take time. This is gonna sound weird. I'm learning to take time just to think or mm-hmm. to to reflect. Because I'm I'm really good at being distracted. And I'm really good at being busy. And I'm really good at looking at my phone. You know, have you do you have the app where your phone tells you like, hey, this is how many times you picked up your phone? I do, yeah, or, yeah. Is that not the most depressing thing? Well, yes. Although I won't lie to you, I'm not trying to flex, but I like I'm pretty good at at like maintaining a pretty healthy distance. My wife and I have pretty strict policies. Like at home, we have a docking station. And so like when I'm home, I plug it in and it just stays there. Um, and I'll check it occasionally to see if there's anything I need to respond to. But otherwise it's like, I don't touch it. My phone doesn't go to bed with me. It doesn't wake up with me. Uh, so without well, tooting my own horn. No, no, no. Toot your own horn because right. that's fascinating. Like you have like an, uh, you have like an alarm clock. I have like in a real alarm like clock. Real. I, <laughs> so I, I went through this. I was like, I was like, I'm going to do that too. So I bought one. Yeah. But the one that I bought was just like this big old bright light. And mm. I was like, I can't use this. I'm bringing my phone to bed. Yep. So yep. Tell, okay. So tell, I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but like, what does that look like for you and your family? Yeah. So we, we, uh, we call it being almost, almost Amish. Um, <laughs> so, so we we stole it from a really amazing book called The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. Um, and and so he has this one rule where he says, our devices go to bed before we do, and we wake up before our devices do. Mm. And, and and so that's just been like a simple, healthy boundary uh, where we do that. And then like even um, like we got rid of our TV. And now don't get me wrong. It's 21st century. My wife and I still watch Netflix on the computer. But like... Uh, but like our kids don't watch TV, um, and in our house. And, and so we just like, in this age of infinite distraction, we're just like, man, can we just put up some safeguards? Like we all know it's not good for us. Like even to just bring it up, we're all just like, I know I look at my phone too much. It's like, we just do. And so can we just put up without being pharisaical or puritanical about it? Like, can we just ourselves, I'm not forcing this on anyone, but it's just been like, can we just put up some healthy boundaries that help us become the kind of people we want to be? Cause it's like, I don't want to be a distracted parent. I don't want to be a distracted husband. Um, you know, so what are things that are getting in the way of that? They're just simple fixes. And, um, and so that's kind of been our impetus behind that. And, uh, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, we're not perfect at it, but, uh, it's, it's been good. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really important. I mean, I, I get the update every Sunday, like my screen time. Mm-hmm. And it's like right before church. So at least then I have something to pray. Oh, right. About. That is when they do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I can confess this again. But it's like, I, I've looked at it. And so I've been setting up like, okay, time limits on this app, time limits on this app and all these different things. And it's been extremely helpful. But it goes back to like, you know, I I, I want to be more mindful of what's happening around in the world and what's happening in my life. Because like I let this one simple device speak so much into me. And I, and I know that it's not all good. And I know it's not all true. And it's just like a walking temptation, right? To yep. either compare myself or to look at something or to click one too many ways. And it's just like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm good just, just holding this in my pocket or and, in another room. And, and it, yeah, and it does. And it is even like, I think um, it's, 
it's even this like it drives this desire that I found that like because I often think about it as like if I was a, a pastor in like 1852, mm-hmm. um, I would just pastor the people that are in front of me. I would just love the people that are in front of me, yeah. and and I wouldn't worry about navigating the global crises that are going on. I would just love the people that are in front of me. Now, I'm not saying we should be ignorant and stick our heads in the sand, but I think there's just a healthy balance that if I can like, um, yeah, stay up on what I need to stay up on, but, but by and large, like deal with what's in front of me and care for the people in front of me, man, it's, it's just healthier for me. And I think for our world. Yeah. It's helping. Yeah. It's, it's getting back to the root of the word, like, you know, name, neighbor okay it's the person that i'm 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 in contact with Mm -hmm. not just that i'm watching from afar yeah it's like i'm still gonna pray about those things and i'm still gonna wonder and 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 want the best for people who are you know like wildfires in california all this kind of stuff that's happening in our world right now but like my my true neighbor the person who lives right next door or the person in my town no i think that's really good um I know I've taken up a bunch of your time this morning, uh, and I don't even feel bad about it. But I do want to close out with uh, three little, three little things. The first question that we like to close out with, and when I say like we, like this is the first podcast that's going to be released, uh, and so I kind of feel like, and uh, to close our podcast, we usually like to do this. Uh, <laughs> it's the first one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, who do you think you are, buddy? Uh, <laughs> uh, my first question that I want to ask, and this is a question that I'll ask the next couple of guests as well, is is what book uh, have you given away the most? Um, so it's, can I do two? Cause I have a tie. Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah. And you're a big book guy. So I, I do. Yeah, I do like them. Um, so number one is actually, uh, Rob Bell's Velvet Elvis. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's before he kind of went Oprah on us. Uh, but it was like, I remember reading that and, and it was like, it, I mean, it's kind of what we talked about earlier in this conversation was like, I was like, oh, I could be a Christian like that. Oh, I could get behind speaking like that. Mm-hmm. I and, think you uh, actually passed that book along to me. I probably did. I mean, that's the thing. I, I've given that away a lot. Um, so that's mm-hmm. that's my number one. Um, and then my number two is, uh, is is such a cheesy pastor answer, but it's uh, it's the reason for God by Tim Keller. Okay. Um, it's you know I love Keller because he's just like he speaks with such clarity. And so as I have friends who are like like everyone asked the same questions about God. Like, why is there suffering in the world? What's the deal with hell? Da, 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 da. And Keller has such a winsome way of conveying that in a pretty simple book that's accessible. And so just pastorally, I've handed that out a bunch because I'm like, I can explain it, but he's smarter than I am. And so listen to him first and then we can talk. The the third book that hasn't come out yet that you're going to give away a lot of. The third book that's going to come out that hasn't come out yet that I'm going to wear, it's uh yeah it's going to be called uh there is no or no what did I title it no um, that's not the book I'm talking about oh oh I thought it was going to be mine no it's uh, <laughs> no sorry the third book I'm going to give away so much like to everyone <laughs> is called I'm all over the place uh, by oh, by yeah. Tanner Olson of Written to Speak forward by Gabe Casper uh, power forward Gabriel power forward Gabe. by Gabe Casper. <laughs> Okay, no, well, I, I mean, okay, is. so that's a good. Okay, what's three B then? That's three A. What's three B? Oh, so uh, what's your book? Is uh, called No Other Stream, uh, navigating Christianity when it feels impossible. Oh, I like that. Thanks. Man. Uh, let's talk about that later. Have you read? I'm reading right now The Eternal Current by Aaron Nequist. Ooh, dude. Do you know what? No, I haven't read it. I've heard of it. Can I just be real for a second? You're allowed to be. Okay, yeah, I don't. That. Here's the thing: as someone who grew up in a liturgical tradition, and you and I both mm-hmm. did, I don't like this evangelical. Like, did you know the church does things like the liturgy? It's so neat. It's like, <laughs> shut up, bro. Like, we've been doing this forever. Like, ooh, you started yeah. a, like liturgical service at a thirty thousand person mega church. I don't respect you. I just, I, that's just <laughs> me being real. Like, so I'm not going to read his book. Well, I you- think you might. I think you should. I, I, I I'm enjoying it. Um, because as somebody who grew up in a similar church as you, and I was like, I didn't appreciate it because um, I was easily distracted and easily bored by it. And now as yep. somebody who loves words, I'm, I'm rediscovering uh, the love for liturgy. Mm, that's another book. Right? Um, but I, I don't know. I'm enjoying it and just the way that he talks about it. And he comes from a place of like, I don't think I believe this anymore. And I work in a church and I, I've had like similar thoughts that have bounced in and out. It's like, do I believe this? And so the way that he talks about it, I was like, oh, this is good. And it's, it's more, 
or a little more mystical, which I like. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, right. uh, I'll suspend my judgment. I'll, I'll give it your judgment now. Uh, but I listened to uh, interviews with the the author Aaron Nequist, and he does a, a great job. But anyways, we're not talking about that. Um, if you could send this is the second question. If you could send one tweet, what does it say? Just one. So, so dude, can I tell you? I looked at these final three because I knew you're going to ask them, and I was like, okay, prepare for them, and totally flaked on the tweet. So, um, <laughs> so here's the one tweet. Um, dramatic pause in the end everything is going to be okay how how badly did you need to hear that when you were 12 13 15 16 yeah a lot do you a think lot. anyone ever told you that and you're just like no oh i'm sure of it like, no. yeah isn't that yeah. funny like you in in retrospect like have you ever had it where there's someone who you've like poured into or spoken like words of truth to or whatever and they're like cool 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 and then someone says like the exact same thing you did and this person's like mm-hmm. i never heard that before and you're like bro i've been telling you that bro for i years. literally just told you that for like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you're gonna listen to this guy like yeah. i literally bought you meals and told you right. these things exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah i spent like 300 bucks telling you this yeah it's, yeah 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 but uh, yeah, and but I wonder how many times that's happened to me too, and somebody sitting next to me, and you you might be telling this story just to be like, well, remember that one time I told you? <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. That is, it's actually very sad. Uh, um, yeah, but no, I mean, like, no, that's a good tweet. Thanks. That's a good. I mean, that's just like it's gonna be like, and and sometimes I feel like those words come across as empty, but they're so deep. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a lot of the things that we hold to it that are true, where it's like, oh, that that just kind of like washes over me, but like yeah. let that sink in. Yep. Yep. When it's like, I mean, your your kind of uh, tagline, if I may be so bold, like you know, hope doesn't let the story end. Um, yeah, it's it's that similar idea, but and again, I think what it does is it it relativizes in a healthy way our temporal sufferings in the face of eternity, and and not in like a uh, escapist like. Uh, you know, Christians are so heavenly focused, they're no earthly good. But in a like, mm-hmm. we will make things that shouldn't be ultimate, ultimate, unless we have the end yeah. in mind. And so if mm-hmm. I can look to the end and say like, man, in the end, everything is going to be okay. And I can trust that reality. Then it's like, all right, let's go, baby. Like throw whatever yeah. crap you got at me. It's just walking towards forever. And like, right. I don't, it's just, it's Psalm 23, right? Yep. I mean, it's just, you're walking yep. towards forever and it's going to like, it's going to suck. I got to speak to a group of uh, high school students in Iowa last weekend and I was talking with them and I was like, life is hard. And it was like, it was like one of them, like, I was like, no one had told them that before. <laughs> like, wait, I mean, I know Iowa's not like, because like, they know, live in Iowa though. It's I was like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like life is hard. And they're like, and when somebody told me that when I was their age, I was like, oh, it is oh. like, oh, okay. It's like these, like, these, like these small, simple truths that we know. Yeah. And when somebody else says it, you're like, oh, he, oh, it is true. Yeah. Which I think, I think that's why you and I, I mean, we like to speak, we like to share things, but it's also like we've learned things and we want people to also know them because uh-huh. we know what it's like to go through hard things. And by hard things, I mean like hard things in our head and in right. our heart, not necessarily like, oh, we didn't have food growing up, but right. like, oh, I just struggled to be a human being. Yeah. Um, and so when somebody else can verbalize or put those things into words, it's like, oh, Okay, I can go. To, I can make it to tomorrow, right? In the next day. Next well, because that, that that is the thing, right? Like we talk about hard things. Is it's it's good to clarify that because it's like you and I both are like white suburban middle class, like highly educated people. Like it, in in the grand scheme of the world, we haven't gone through anything. Um, yeah, but yeah, in in I don't know, trying to navigate this world and be who we are. That's where it's like being like, oh, it's just hard for everyone, even us, like even the most privileged of people that have existed on the planet. It's still hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not to sell yourself less. I was I was emailing with somebody who uh, uh, they emailed me through like written to speak stuff. And they're like, like, hey, I'm just like, I'm just struggling. And then they were like, but I know, but like, I'm not like I didn't lose anybody in my family. Yep. And like, I grew up OK. And I was like, don't sell yourself short. Right. Like you're allowed to feel the way that you feel. And you're allowed to say, hey, what I'm going through is hard. Yep. Because once you begin to compare yourself to somebody else that's when that's when you lose that's right or that's when it, that's when you no longer matter uh well, especially when we talk about, 
Yeah, it's like when you uh, compare. Uh, I was talking about story with with some of these kids, like and and like uh, how do you like live a good story, right? Mm-hmm. Something like Donald Miller talks about, and uh, basically it was just kind of like when you begin to compare your story or your life to somebody else's, yours always loses. Yep, like it always loses. Yep, right. And so when we when we draw comparison out and say, okay, but there's no room for that here. Yep, kind of see things in a different way. For sure, for sure. That's the the, Anyways, the Teddy Roosevelt quote. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Uh, the first time I heard that was on the TV show uh, Parks and Rec, and Leslie Nope said it, and I I thought that was her quote. Like <laughs> I thought it was so. I was like, that's so good. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and it was like, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Leslie Nope said this. Leslie Nope. <laughs> And then I Googled it because I was, I think I was going to like post it on the internet and I Googled it like just to make sure. And I was like, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, oh he's been around for a while. Yeah. When was he on Parks and Rec? I just like didn't make any sense. I don't remember uh, him. Uh, the last thing. of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Michael Scott. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, last thing uh, before we wrap up. Uh, the last thing I want to do on this podcast is each guest gets to share a little poem. Uh because I write poetry, and I think poetry is cool to share with the world. So, without further ado, Gabriel, Reverend, Reverend, future Doctor Gabriel Casper, can I? Uh, my poem is a haiku. That's what I specialize in. Yes. So uh, five seven. Is it, is it five seven five? five? All right. Uh, and it's titled "The Orlando Magic." Oh, let's go. Watching NBA. Go Magic, go Shaq. Penny. They still play, don't they? Good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we just won last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, it was a big win for us. Way to go, man. I you feel guys, you took I, down Allen Iverson. It took down Allen Iverson. Uh, I also, uh, so you feel the uh, about soccer the way that I feel about the NBA. Yes. Um, now, it's one of those things where uh, soccer seems to be more respected in America than uh, basketball has been ever. Uh, so uh, to, um, I, think it's, I think it's gaining traction. Here's the thing. I think that the NBA is the greatest league um, because of all the good that we don't see that they do. Um, and the way that they have jumped across waters and done missions and all this kind of stuff that we just don't see it's happening. But I also see the way that soccer has, is exploding. Also, again, right? Again, so I don't know. I I'm a fan of I'm a fan of soccer. I want to go to a, a soccer game with you uh, again. Oh, we so went to an Austin Aztecs game one time. That's right, we did. Oh, that was glorious. Yeah. Ate some chewies, watched some soccer. I had no idea what was going on. Was it was like life. Texas cold that day too. Oh yeah, you know it was yeah. like fifty. I was like, what is yeah. going on? Um, hey, Gabe, thanks so much for, well, th- first of all, thanks for being you to me. I really appreciate you in my life and, uh, I couldn't imagine being where I am if it wasn't for you. Uh, oh, thanks, so I appreciate man. you greatly. Thanks for being the first guest on the podcast. Honored, honored. <laughs> and thanks for writing the forward to the book. Oh, even more which, honored to do that. Which I don't know when that's coming out, but when it does, uh, you're getting a copy, uh, and we're going to come up there and, and do some poems together and you can read your haiku and tell some stories. Oh, they're going to love uh, my haiku. <laughs> it's 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 glorious i want that framed okay i want that handwritten and framed actually handwrite that and i'll make a post uh like a written to speak post it's i worked okay. on a couple different ones but that's what i landed on so uh oh, that's beautiful sorry i'll get a frame for you christmas is coming up <laughs> christmas uh, is coming up uh gay before i let you go can you tell people where they can find you and listen to you and get come in contact with you yeah so my handle on uh instagram and twitter is at gabe casper one this 16-year-old kid in New Mexico stole at Gabe Casper. So don't follow him. I'm at Gabe Casper one. Uh, he's got like four followers. Anyways. Uh, and then uh, you can listen to uh, Pint Glass Preachers. And our handle for that is at Pint Glass Preach on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and so would love if you listen to our show. Listen to the first episode. We're really awkward, but Tanner does a great job on it. Um, in our later episodes. What did, they- we, what did we talk? We talked about pornography didn't we no we talked well we did talk a little bit about pornography uh but we also talked about like social media and oh that's right yeah. sort of its impact in our lives and so yeah um so give pine glass preachers a listen and then if you want uh university lutheran chapel ann arbor uh we have a, a podcast of our weekly sermons uh most of them are me uh and if you want to listen to those or if you want to listen to someone else who preaches here that's great too uh but uh, they're pretty fun so if you want to check those out encourage you to check that out as well Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, That's a wrap. Thanks for having me, man.
Deuces. All right, see ya. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Gabe Casper. Make sure you go and keep up with him. Uh, You can find all the things that we talked about, whether it was books or where he serves as a pastor, all down in the show notes. So go ahead and click on those things. And I can't say enough about how Gabe has changed and impacted my life. I joked about how he's the godfather of written to speak, but it's true. And if it wasn't for Gabe, I'm not sure where I would be or where my life would now be. So I hope that you do have a Gabe in your life. So with that, thank you again for joining us for this episode. If you would, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review, and go ahead and share that with your friends. That would be so kind of you. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we're glad that you are here. Peace.